Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie, your weekly show focused on the topsy-turvy world of promotional products, branding, advertising, and marketing. As always, Unscripted is brought to you by the good people at Promo Corner's Identity Marketing, the leading online industry magazine chock full of content and thought-provoking articles. You can visit them online at promocorner.com backslash identity dash marketing. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. Welcome to yet another edition of Unscripted. Hey, Kirby, how's it going, buddy? It is going fantastic, Bill. How are you, man? I'm delightful. I just got back in uh, from Chicago. Was it SKUCon? Yeah, how was that? I I, I was really, really sad to miss that. I've been to the other one, so how how was it? You know, Mark and Catherine Graham put on such an elegant, creative, and vivacious event. It it, it was... uh, First class, yeah. From start to finish, great content, great networking opportunities, uh, and I think most importantly, just a great group of people that really get it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, you know, I was honored to speak there. Yeah. This time, so that was that was a lot of fun. And uh, you know, it, I didn't stick around for the ASI show, um, so I don't just didn't feel like any reason to say, to be honest with you. So yeah, I didn't. No, that's fair. I and I'll echo that just for those who haven't been to this. I didn't go to this one, but one of the things that resonates with me is it is a, I go to a lot of conferences, um, but I think there is a unique group of people that go to that one. And you're right. Mark and Catherine do a great job. Not a commercial form. It was just, I've enjoyed it. No, no. The the one interesting thing, there was a a fireside chat as Mark uh, Graham turned it, turned it with uh, Tim Andrews from ASI, president of ASI and Paul Bellantone, CEO and president of PPAI. And hearing those two guys talk, and it was a really um, wonderful to hear those two talk about some industry topics, and you know, stressing that they're really two different organizations, and I don't think a lot of people in the industry really get that. Right? They look at them as such direct competitors, and certainly they are competitors in some things, but for the most part, they are two totally different companies. And so they did a really nice job uh, of explaining that and, and talking through some other. Um, questions in the industry. It was, it was a good time. That yeah, that was the one. I, I, I'd like to. Hopefully, there's video of that. I'd like to check it out. It's and just quickly, one of the things I've said, and I think I've talked to you about in the past. Mark Graham is a connector, right? He yes. is one of the people who, one of the few people probably who could put that together, and it would just make sense. And so when I saw that that was happening at that event, I'm like, oh yeah, that that makes sense. Um, so yeah, that's cool. Yeah. He is the Canadian connector. <laughs> the Canadian connector. That's a superhero. Sounds like, yeah, I was say, welcome, the Canadian <laughs> connector. Actually, it's more of a wrestling. Yeah, okay. Now, entering the ring, the Canadian connector, Mark Graham. You have a plethora of voices, don't you? I'm a delight to live with, Kirby. <laughs> All right, man. You want to go first? You want to, who, who wants to pick the first topic? Why don't you go? Okay. Well, then I will pick one that I bet you know is coming. Um, I saw a I saw a post that you put up because um, I have a couple questions for you this week actually. But this one, you posted something about the Pokemon uh, fascination, and I wanted to ask you what your take is on that. I have some opinions on it, and I thought maybe it'd be a fun topic. It was certainly trending. It's here's the thing. I, I get what it is. <laughs> 
Um, I get what it is, and I understand the fascination with it. And I think it's really a great use of augmented reality as opposed to virtual reality. But the last thing I want as a society is more of a reason for people to run around outside with their nose stuck in a phone. Now, there's some good things about it, and, and one of my neighbors plays it, or has played uh, a something like Pokemon Go. I forget the name of it, but very similar. And he was telling me what he really likes about it is they'll go, they'll have you know the, the, the Pokemon characters where you go try to find them at a lot of historical sites. And yes. so you see kids reading about some history. So on that level, I love it. Mm-hmm. What I don't love about it is when kids are running through my backyard looking for <laughs> Pikachu. Okay, and and I'm not 90 years old, and this is not a get off my lawn moment, but get off my lawn, (laughs) literally, get the hell off my lawn. Yeah, even in Chicago this week, Kirby, there were more ding dongs looking at their phone, but walking in this beautiful city with this wonderful architectural history, staring at their phones, trying to look for you know a character. Now, on the positive side, I think. I don't you know. It's it's a fad. It will last however long it lasts. I don't think it has sustaining power. It's just come on way too hot, way too fast. But I was having a conversation with our mutual friend John Norris, and and he had a great point. He goes, when they figure out how you know, if I was a shop owner and I could have a special Pokemon yes. character, I could pay to have that in the game. Yeah, no brainer. Now you can monetize it. Yeah. So, what do you think about it? It's funny. I actually, I, I knew I'd be asking you about this, so I did at least give it some thought. Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I, it's um, first of all, it, let's take it just at a granular level. Last night, I went home and asked my kids about it, and um, my oldest boyfriend was at the table, and he is doing it. And then my youngest jumped on, and that the the rest of the evening, they actually traveled around Kashokta in our hometown, looking together, you know, playing this game together. Um, there aren't a lot of things that those three all enjoy together. And quite frankly, you mentioned it, they're outside, right? Yeah, there, there is a virtual reality, augmented reality part of it, but they are actually outside. And it was funny to me, one of the pushbacks I saw on Facebook was a person saying, well, it's good they're outside, but I saw these kids, they were riding down the street and on a bicycle and they've got their phones out and they, you know, that's really dangerous. Right. It is, right? But I just keep thinking back to my childhood and thinking of all the dumb shit that I did that had nothing to do with a phone, including this one time where one of my friends um, got a kite. And it was a beautiful summer day and there was no wind. And I lived on a big hill. So I got on my friend's bike, put the kite thing on the one handlebar. So did I just, you think you could fly? <laughs> and I rode as fast as I could, one-handed down this hill and as i looked back to the kite because that's what you would do you'd look back to the kite sure to see if it was flying and it was awesome and it looked really great my my friends were cheering along the side of the highway until i looked in front and saw a pothole right and hit it and Mm. went as my dad would say ass over teacups um, right and landed a bunch of times and i'll tell you clearly i didn't have a helmet right well no that you didn't have to tell me that i knew that yeah right i met you yeah (laughs) But, you know, I roll, I guess my point is I did dumb stuff like this. So, yeah, there's going to be people who do dumb stuff. But I think that – I think overall it's a really good thing. And, and the negatives of stuff like this, especially these fads, 
are always overblown. We like we always come up with all the thing, bad things that are going to happen, and some of them do, but kids are going to do dumb things regardless of whether Pokemon's there. But to your point, and actually this was the thing, um, and you know this, we do social media and some different marketing for other companies. Right. Um, right. I saw a Starbucks, and I thought this was genius. There's a Starbucks that actually was embracing it and had like a little sign on the front. And then when you got inside, they actually said – Come here in this spot in the store. The Wi-Fi is the strongest. And they surrounded that area with cookies. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny that you – because they're doing that in downtown Franklin, Tennessee, where I live. They're having having a Pokemon meetup. It's not a – here's the thing. I'm actually kind of neutral on it. I just don't care. I don't want to be – I don't want to learn it. And it's not, yeah, and I'm, I'm not that old. I just, I just don't care. And I just, when, when there's such a rush to something like that, yeah. I always measure it skeptically. Like, remember the old movie? There was a movie that came out, and it was at, at the time cutting edge, okay. revolutionary. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where they married <laughs> animation with yeah. live action. You remember this? Yes, absolutely. Jessica. And I remember hearing how it's the best movie of all time. Oh, I still have never seen it because I know it would never live up to my expectations. Yeah, it was not the best movie of all and time. That's, no. And that's the same way I feel about this Pokemon thing. Well, I, I think my thing is I, I'm, I'm not planning on doing it, but I am planning on thinking of ways to leverage it. And I started down this story, but I, I went uh, close by one of the places that we do social media for. And it's one of the reasons I love doing it for them is a jewelry store locally. And I walked in and they're like, great, are you here to talk about Pokemon? Because we want to come up with ways. To... <laughs> and I mean, they're asking, wow. I'm like, that's awesome. Because when small businesses start to look at ways to leverage trends like this, good things can happen. So that is my take. I agree. I agree. No, I get it. I get it. Well, cool, man. Well, I, I, I got a question for you. Yeah. So just recently, I think actually yesterday, the board candidates – Yes. For PPAI were announced. Yes. And I'm looking at my list here. So it was, uh, the, there's two distributor candidates and two supplier candidates, and that's every year. And they'll be uh, on the board for four years, from 2017 to 2021. And so on the distributor side, we had Mitch Rodas from Halo, mm-hmm. Danny Rosen, who, who we both know and are friends with uh, from Brand Fuel, and then supplier candidates, uh, Andrew Spellman who has been at Victorinox for years, a great guy, mm-hmm. and Sharon Willishell, who I don't know very well. Right. Uh, I don't think I've actually ever met her, um, for the Chief Operating Officer of Leeds. But I wanted your take on the, on the board candidates. You know, it's interesting. As, as you said, both of us, for the interest of full disclosure, are good friends with Danny. Um, and so I'm excited. I actually emailed him yesterday and said, hey, I didn't know you were doing this. And I, I think my take on it, and this is going to be a little bit politically correct, so forgive me, but... I, I just am so impressed because I, I think I only have one, you know, one iota of the amount of commitment it takes to be on that board. I, that's that's a working board. That's a that's a board that they spend a ton of time advocating and and, and working and doing mm-hmm. events and whatever. So, I, I I just am so impressed by people who are willing to put themselves out there because a I mean yeah. you could lose right. I mean that would be, feel bad, but sure. People, but the people who are willing to spend the time, I'm always just so impressed with. So. No, I agree. I, I agree. And, and not again, I don't know. I've met Mitch a couple times. I know he's in Ohio, I think, if I remember right. Okay. 
Um, and I, I assume all of them care, and that's the yeah, great thing. We have yeah. people who care about our industry like that. So it'll be very interesting to see how it shakes out. Yeah, I'll uh, be – and honestly, that as we do this, I'll be anxious. You know, we post the, this uh, podcast and social media in different places like this. I'll be anxious to see, you know, the feedback that's gotten. Um, one, uh, here's another thought is I, I, I don't – I think you know this about me, Bill, but I, I ran for city office here in my town. I did. Yeah. I did. I remember. I remember helping your opponent do a smear campaign on you. <laughs> well, um, yeah, it wasn't that hard to do. Uh, oh, but yeah, uh, yeah so it, I start, was, it started with your lack of respect for helmet laws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the scars on my back from that wreck. Right. Um, but yeah, one of the things I noticed is in a small town, for the most part, and I'm in a small town. It's it's kind of cool to run a campaign, and I hope I hope, and I, I think that what I've seen in the past has been like this. Um, the PPAI people say, "Hey, look, I want to be this, and here's why, and here's my credentials." Um, and an election in a small town's like that a little bit too. There's not a whole lot of vote for me because the other guy sucks. Um, right. And so I think what you said is exactly right. They're all wanting the best for the industry, and so that at the end of the day, that's always going to be a net net gain. Uh, I agree. Couldn't agree more. Well, cool, man. Um, all right. I've got a couple more topics for you, and I know we always try to keep this around. Fire away. Minutes, so, um, all right. Number one, I've got to ask the question, right? Uh, Uber. You were you going to be an Uber driver. Did you do it? How did it go? Let me know. I was an Uber driver, Kirby, <laughs> on Saturday. Okay. So the plan was this. Um had a little bit. I was going to Guns N' Roses, the Guns N' Roses concert here in Nashville on Saturday night with Chris Stapleton opening, very eclectic yeah. uh, twin bill and, and a, a great show. And I thought, maybe I'll just do some Uber drive. I was going solo. So I had my car and I started patrolling, for lack of a better word. I flipped <laughs> on the app. In, in the, using the Uber partner app, which is the driver app, is very similar to using the passenger app. Okay. So I turn. I basically go online, and people can see my car circling around or wherever it's parked. But I add an interesting twist to my experiment. Okay. Knowing that I was speaking at SKUCon yesterday, and my topic was reemphasizing the humanity in sales, because I feel with all the technology, it's very easy for everybody to sell the same way and kind of lose lose themselves in the process so they don't they're not they're not injecting that necessary human component when they're working with clients and and so things start to feel robotic and so on and so forth so i thought okay so the first guy i picked up i decided i'm not engaging him at all i'm going to provide the service i got there on time i but i didn't i didn't say two words to the guy okay i had i had the radio off there was no stimulus at all i mean nothing <laughs> sounds awesome <laughs> yeah, got out of the car, and he, he said thank you, and I said, you know, you're welcome. That that was our, you know, that was the exchange. Are you Bill? Yes. We got in the car, and then that was it. So then the next people I picked up, I completely engaged them. How's it going? Where are you from? Because I picked them up at a hotel. Um, where you go? What what you in town for? And had a great time with these people. Okay. What was interesting, because I got my, I, so I earned, are you ready for the, how much money I earned for my two Uber trips? Yeah, I want to hear it. $16.70. Nice. So two beers in Vegas. Um, <laughs> not an eye candy. Um, 
So 60 dogs said But the interesting thing was, when I looked at my driver ratings, I now have a driver rating of four out of five stars. Oh, okay. Because the first guy gave me a three-star rating. Wow. And the second people gave me a five-star, and they gave me a $5 tip cash money. Wow, okay. All right. And so I use that to lead off my session as an example of when you are human, it's it's amazing the type of connection you have. And, and I think as a, as a, I don't know, I think all salespeople tend to forget that a, a sales conversation is exactly that. It's a conversation between two people. Mm, yeah. So it was very interesting. It, it you know, got me, what, uh, you know, half a tank of gas or whatever it was. Yeah. And it was a great experience. I don't know if I'll ever do it again or not. Yeah. But it was... It was really neat, you know. I'll I'll be very candid. I was a little nervous picking up for you know doing it both times. Like, man, I could get killed or something because I, I have no control over who's getting in my car. It just felt very weird, and on some level, I almost felt violated that mm. someone was getting in my car, and I didn't expect that. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. So it was it was interesting. It was very interesting. Okay, well, cool. I'm glad a that you ended up safe. I'm glad you ended up sixteen bucks for the good. Yeah. Uh, 16, 1670, sir. And I think the most important thing is the, the promotional products industry can rest easy. I'm sticking around. That is not my new career choice. Oh, well, I know there's a lot of people breathing a sigh of relief. Oh, for sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I, yeah. All right. Well, hey, do you have uh, – I've got another topic if you don't. But if you, you hey, go. I okay. don't. Well, I'm super curious on this one. I, a headline came out um, uh, Early this week, late last week, I'm not sure, but it, it was essentially saying that um, some of the hats that Donald Trump has ordered are purported to not be made in America, and right. that was a big deal, and um, I, I don't know if you had a chance to see the story, but apparently, this, is, this made me laugh a little bit, the AP assigned some uh, an outside uh, investigator, an outside whatever to do test samples of the cloth mm-hmm. <laughs> of the hats. And that's how they found out that some of the cloth wasn't coming from the same place. And so <laughs> I just I, I thought that was intriguing. And so I just was curious if you think on it. I did see that. And I, I, the first thing I thought of, is there a politician in China who's wearing Make China Great Again hats that are made in America? <laughs> Yeah, it's a great question. Which would be funny. Yeah. Um, I, you know, first of all, here you're 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 trying to draw me off sides to do a political <laughs> rant again. So here's the deal. So first of all, Donald Trump has high hat. Yes. The sure. the amount of distance between that gnarly mop of hair on his head, <laughs> and then the actual crown of the cap, I'm pretty sure is 18 inches. I mean, I'm not an expert. Ah. I don't. I don't sell headwear. Yeah, but that's they're ridiculous. They're crappy hats to begin with. It's just I. I have a. It does shock me. Yeah. So, it's, but it's, but yeah. but what I always find interesting is, so now Donald Trump's got to answer that. I'm pretty sure whether you like Donald Trump or you don't like Donald Trump, there are people he has employed within his organization or on his um, candidate, you know, on his uh, his political team to deal with vendors. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Donald Trump's not super involved in that, so it's not his fault. Yeah, no, I agree. I, but yeah, I did see that. What do you think about it? Well, I, I, it made me laugh, honestly, because I was like, oh, that is a giant surprise. Um, 
But here, here's an interesting takeaway, um, I think, in reading the article. Um, well, first of all, I thought it was funny because he said, I've spent a lot of money on those hats, and if I find out that's the case, then we'll be suing them, which is a pretty standard response. But, yeah. um, but my, my, what that's I think Trump-like. Is, yeah, very Trump-like. But my point that I think is interesting is it sh- the, the article also said that Trump has spent so far $6.8 million in promo on his campaign, which is a pretty substantial number. And it made me think of the fact that I find it ironic and I'm not, this isn't a Trump Hillary thing. This is politicians in general. I, I find it interesting that politicians generally find promo and the promotional products that they use to be so effective. They spend a lot of money in order to get the jobs that they get, right? Because it increases influence. It, it affects human behavior. And then they get in office and then say, no, this isn't effective and we need to stop using it. I, I just find right. that as a fascinating dichotomy. Right, and I think that's Donald Trump calling you right now with a cease and desist order about this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, yeah, I, I, real quick, I totally agree, and it, it, it's, it's funny because I wrote about this, I don't know, in a Petri dish a couple weeks ago about how much money they're all spending on promo, but then it's the first thing, you know, that, that's why you and I have a, such a severe, literally completely opposite take on the word swag. Uh, because right now, Donald Trump is buying promotional products. When he wants to cut it out of the government, 10 bucks he calls it swag. So... <laughs> Put that in your Kirby Hossman pipe and smoke it. I, I will absolutely put it in my swag pipe. Uh, uh, so, uh, well, I think we're at about the time limit here. So anything so. else you want to add? No, I don't think so. Um, no, I got nothing. Uh, right. Except I, you know, I, for whatever reason I was telling you this, I have, I, I have bad luck with Chicago hotels. <laughs> and I cannot remember the last time I stayed downtown Chicago – where the air conditioning worked properly. And, and I come from a belief that the sleeping chamber must be prepared properly to maximize rest. And fair. the bed was super comfortable. The rooms were super cool. And, and it's an old building. I think that's why. It's nobody's fault. And I really like it cold. And I just could not get 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 the chills. I could not, I could not do it. Yeah. So I'm on like three hours of sleep. So, so you're, you're done, is what you're telling me. I'm done, Kirby. I've got nothing. Okay, fair enough. Well, hey, well, we'll wrap it up then with just saying, hey, if you have topics that you'd like for Bill and I to cover, because um, we're going to do this each week, um, let us know through social media, and um, we would love to take it on. So thanks and, again. And, absolutely. If you'd like Kirby to become a Lyft driver in Coshocton, <laughs> let him know. I think it, it could be good for him. We could do a compare and contrast Uber versus Lyft. I don't think there are two people who need a lift in Kishaki. Good point. All right, Kirby, take care, buddy. Talk to you later. All right, I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us this week for Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. As always, Unscripted is brought to you by Promo Corner's Identity Marketing. You can visit them online at promocorner.com backslash identity dash marketing. <laughs>